if Hikaru beat Wesley 47 and a half out of 48, I'm like, this is impossible. Right? Yes, absolutely. But Hikaru was playing people. Lock him in. <laughs> We're getting a lot of call-outs, uh, one of them being from Vladimir. Anish also called us out for not having uh, any balls to respond to Vladimir. But in fact, we did want it to respond to Vladimir. And we've had Vladimir on our podcast um, not a long time ago for around two hours. So definitely, we've been open to discussions. Now, in his recent post, he called you out. He said specifically for Fabiano Caruana on farming, because we did discuss farming in our latest uh, podcast when we discussed cheating. Now, what he says is, I have listened to Fabiano Caruana's podcast explaining the ratings on chess.com do not correspond to the real strength of players if they are farming because you can choose your opponents and players not farming don't choose their opponents. It is part Partly true. Sorry, Fabiano. A bit superficial explanation. What's your take on that? Well, okay. So first of all, um, uh, you know, we're always happy to talk to Vladimir. Of course, he's um, one of the greatest players in the history of chess. I, I think people kind of uh, they generally know that, but of course, with people who are new to chess, they might not know him so well because he hasn't played competitively for a few years. But he. Uh, became world champion by defeating Gary Kasparov, right? So this is absolutely um, legend. So of course we're not trying to, uh, um, like, there's no uh, you know, ill will here for sure. No, nothing bad between us. Um, just I, I feel like we have come to a disagreement when it comes to this. Because I, I did think about it. I mean, whenever there's some extraordinary results, it's natural to think about it. Um. There's a few reasons why, and I'll get to what like Vladimir's saying. Although he doesn't really like refute what I say, he doesn't really counter it. He yeah. just kind of says that it's not correct. But I'll just explain why uh, I don't have suspicions that these streaks are anything unusual. Uh, of course, they could be un uh, unusual for some players, for sure. Like you know, if um, if you see a guy who's 2500 and he becomes 3300 in Chess.com. Uh, yeah, this seems like a rather unlikely. Uh -huh. When it comes to Hikaru, uh, okay, so he went on several streaks, right? Hikaru has has gone on, on a number of streaks. He he very often beats people by huge scores. The one that was mentioned was the one when he won, I believe, forty six or forty five and a half. Forty seven and a half out of forty eight. Forty seven and a half out of forty eight. Not against one particular opponent, but I guess three of them, two of them being international masters, one of them a FIDE master. Yeah, the first thing is that, of course, this is not, it's not like he played 48 games on chess.com and he won 47 and a half of them. He's played 30,000 games or whatever it is. And within this uh, set of games, there's a like a small subset or several small subsets that are, um, let's say, statistical anomalies. You can call that if you want. Yeah. So... Uh, that's the thing. Like, if, if you just wake up in the morning and you go on a, a rampage, uh, that's different than if you are playing thousands and thousands and thousands of games. And within that, like, maybe he lost the game right before that streak, and maybe he lost the game right after. So you're just uh, picking only one small section of that. So that's one thing. Uh, in terms of uh, Hikaru's ability to beat people very heavily, especially weaker players, although he is, of course, able to beat 
players his level, but not to that extent. Like if if Hikaru beat Wesley forty seven and a half out of forty eight, like this is impossible. Right? Yes, absolutely. But Hikaru was playing people. Lock him in. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm not going to like uh, condemn someone just on the basis of one result, but. Yeah, if anyone beats Wesley forty-seven and a half out of forty-eight, it's basic. It's impossible. So yeah, that person that doesn't is, happen. That's a computer. Yes. Um, here we're talking about Hikaru playing significantly weaker players. Now, whatever their fee day ratings were, twenty-three hundred, twenty-four hundred, um, they are whatever it is, much weaker than him. Mm-hmm. And he's playing. I think it's important to note without increment. With increment, I think it's significantly more difficult. And I think if we look at Title Tuesday results, we're probably not going to see many big streaks. We might see the occasional 10, 10 and a half, or even 11 out of 11, but those are 11 out of 11, I think, is like once in a blue moon, maybe mm-hmm. once a year or something it happens. Mm-hmm. 10 and a half out of 11, um, also very rare, and and so on. But Title Tuesday, once again, there's a big differentiation in the time format. Title Tuesday is 3 plus 1, the streak that uh, Kramnik was referencing was 3 plus 0. And that's a huge difference because very often, and I've looked at some of the games from that streak, Hikaru was in big trouble, but he was still flagging his opponents. Yeah. So in a worse posi- losing positions. I do feel like, although it might seem that this increases the randomness factor, I do feel that it actually increases the chance of a streak. For sure. For Hikaru specifically, because he's such a fast player. I think maybe even in general, because it lowers the chance um, of like having a level game. Like a, a player who's strong, but not as strong as a top grandmaster like Hikaru, can in one particular game definitely play at, a, at an equivalent level. But if you add that, that extra element of uh, like, you eliminate the uh, potential for a draw or, or minim- minimize it because now there's going to be a lot more decisive games because it's just someone gets flagged very often. Uh, that's going to benefit the stronger player. Of course. I think, especially, of course, I think so too. Yeah. if that stronger player has very good mouse skills and we do know that Hikaru probably, uh, with a few other people, has, okay, like maybe Andrew Tang has the best mouse skills in the world. Maybe Danya is up there as well. But Hikaru is certainly up there. In terms of like 1-0, he is, we have to say, the best 1-0, one-minute no-increment player in the world. He proved that in this bullet chess championship. So he has mouse skills. For example, I don't possess these skills. I can play bullet, but I, I don't play bullet well because I flag people. I can play bullet well because I generally play chess well. And then when it comes to like uh, mouse skills, I'll be completely outclassed by, uh, by someone like Andrew, by someone like Mordnik, by someone like Dania. Not to mention Hikaru Magnus, Ali Rose, and so on. So that's that's one thing uh, that the no increment does improve the chances. Now, I was thinking about myself, and I even like did a small experiment, if you can call it that. I played a twenty-seven, more or less twenty-seven hundred chess.com rated player, grandmaster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we played eleven games. I won eleven zero, and it sort of convinced me that I, I didn't I didn't have the time to play continue playing because I had to go to dinner, but it sort of convinced me that. I could continue this. I could probably keep beating this player because the, he was um, he was getting yeah more and more like he, the games were not close. At the start, they were kind of close and I flagged him and I tricked him and so on. And then at the end, it was just whitewash. Yes. I was just beating this player without um, any fight, really. Resistance in general decreases as you continue getting beat up. Yeah, unless that, uh, that person who is beating you starts to feel bored or sorry, that can actually happen. You can just feel like bad about yes. doing this. 
But this was not the case for Hikaru because he was, in fact, trying to establish some new records. Yeah, he wanted to increase his chess com rating. He was pretty motivated. Um, no, to me, it just seems like this is something which is unusual, mm-hmm. but certainly can happen and is maybe even likely to happen in a huge set of games. And not only that, if one player I would pick to rack up the streak, it would probably be, he, well, two players I would pick, Magnus and Hikaru. I would probably pick those guys. Now, I think other players can do it. I think if someone really put their mind to it, and I, I don't care enough to do it. I was just a bit curious. But I think I could do it. I think I could probably increase my rating to 3,200 without significant obstacles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I decided to, like, let's say for the next week, just play nonstop on three-minute blitz. I want to go through one of his possibilities that he mentioned. Um, the losing side has an artificially far too high rating means he was cheating before to get that rating. And this time he didn't cheat, which explains such low probability underperformance. So basically underperforming, Hikaru's opponents were underperforming and therefore they should be examined. Well, okay. I I don't know his opponents, so I cannot speak to that whatsoever. It is a possibility that this just goes to what I was kind of saying, when which Kremlin responded to, which is that... uh, the chess.com ratings are not really meaningful. I even used the word meaningless, but I, I was um, I was exaggerating a little bit. Okay, they're not meaningless. Of course, they do have meaning. Of course, not. Um, like Hikaru and Magnus are number one, two on chess.com for a reason. They are the best online blitz players. I don't think that we're disputing that. So there's a reason why they're num- number one, two. But I use the example of Ali Reza and Hikaru because the, their chess.com rating difference is like. 200 points, sometimes even 300 points, right? Depending. Um, which is why it's not much meaning because Ali Reza and Hikaru are very similar skilled in terms of blitz chess, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, in terms of chess as a whole. I mean, I would say they're pretty evenly matched across time controls. So that's why the reason why these ratings don't have much meaning is because you can pick your opponents. So you can um, beat players who you're very strong against, right? Uh, you don't, in a title Tuesday, for example, it's a Swiss system. You get who you get. You don't pick your opponent. You get this person, you get that person. Um, the other reason why ratings might not be meaningful is because uh, there are different time controls. And now, when it comes to, let's say, five-minute, two-second increment or three-minute, two-second increment, this is blitz, and probably you will see the same best players. But when you remove increment... You do start to see, I think, some players rise a bit more than others. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. um, for example, Danya. I mean, he's a very good blitz player, but he does get better when you remove the increment. Correct. Yes. It's, he goes from maybe exponentially better. Yeah, I mean, he goes from very good, but let's say like there's a hundred players in the world who can compete with him. Yes. Uh, let's he's say he's always, top one hundred. He's almost always top five on chess.com. Yeah, and then you take away increment, and he can easily go to top ten at the very minimum. I don't think he ever won a title Tuesday. Maybe not. I mean, I, well, Donny Donny's a great player. That's three plus one. Winning the title Tuesday, you can be a great player and not win it. Um, but it's very clear that he is a player who who excels when the increment, and also when the time control gets shorter and shorter. Yes, he also has a tremendous mouse skills. Um, I have played him over the board. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Uh, without increment, well. one one minute, no increment, and he beat me. Yeah, pretty. Um, I don't know if it was pretty heavily, but it was a convincing score he got against me. Maybe it was like uh, seven to four with some draws, um, something like that. 
So it's not even like online. He's just very good at, at one minute no increment. Now I think if we played bullet chess over the board and we added one second, mm. I wouldn't have to worry about getting flagged. And I think that I would be the favorite. I'm yeah. not. I can't say for sure, but I think I would be the favorite. But this just shows that like uh, you have different time controls, so you're not measuring one thing. Just like when we measure blitz as a certain uh, group of time controls, and we we measure rapid as a different group of time controls. But there are a lot of differences even in between these groups, mm-hmm. and especially when you have the option of increment or not, because over the board we only have increment. Well. I won't say only, but the last time I played without increment, I think, was 2017. So it, it almost never happens. So that's the other thing, that ratings are not so meaningful because you can pick your opponents, because time controls vary so vastly, and also, I believe, because, yes, there is probably some players who are cheating. Uh, I don't know who they are, but they are um, uh, pumping their rating up. And then if they stop cheating at some point, that rating will go away, and it will go to other players. So you have a little bit of an artificiality there. Yeah. And last but not least, are we ever getting uh, Vladimir back on the podcast? What's... what's... <laughs> okay, so I think that like we, 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 we really do that? start to exhaust the cheating discussion a little bit. I think yeah. we said everything that we can say. I also feel like it's a bit too hot of a subject it's at the moment. It's kind of like a he said, she said type of thing. Almost. Like, into that. Uh, like at the moment, I, I don't really see the point. At some point, I think... There will be a development in terms of cheating in chess. Will something will happen? It's also like it's on the brink, right? Everyone's and it always on something is happening. Yeah. But so I, I just my thoughts are cheating is is a very important subject. It's it needs to be mitigated, minimized. Yeah. Chess.com is the one who actually has to do that when it comes to uh, their platform. It's not really on the players. Uh, they're in a difficult position because they can have very strong suspicions about someone, but. If you're like 80% sure, now for you, it might be good enough. For me, it might be good enough. But for them, maybe it's not good enough to take action. Yeah. And they do have also some responsibility. And also, they probably don't want to put themselves in a difficult position. So uh, they're in a difficult situation in general. They might suspect someone is cheating and damaging tournaments. But they also don't know if it's the best thing to to ban that person until they're 100% sure or 99% or whatever it is. Now, is that the best approach? Uh, I, I've said this internally to them. I think that um, one thing which is really necessary is to have um, fair play checks for all prize money events. Yeah. Title Tuesday. I think Title Tuesdays. Yes. Yeah. I've seen people say that, yeah, sometimes you're randomly selected for a check. Not so much. I mean, sure. Maybe they will ask you to like turn on your camera or stuff like that. But, but the problem is all you're doing there is like, okay, first of all, you can't check everyone. Yeah, so, so you can miss over. someone. You've already cheated. Yeah. But it, the player could have cheated and then they stopped cheating. Yeah. So yeah. they already did the damage yeah, in the tournament. Like in, in my last title Tuesday, I withdrew halfway. Okay. I'm not going to say why, but sure. let's say I, uh, I, I didn't feel too good about the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. And no, there needs to be anti-cheating measures for every single prize event. So I understand that that's very difficult because every single Tuesday you have, what, 500 players participating in Thailand Tuesday? That's a big Zoom call. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, what can you say? It's it's probably going to limit the amount of players who will join because most people probably won't want to go through that. On the other hand, I think it's better to have restrictive access than to have a tournament which uh, where cheating is rampant. And, you know, people might think, oh, Magnus won the last title Tuesday. So, well, how much sheen could there be? Because the best players are winning anyway. 
And to that, I would counter that you don't know who is cheating against who. They're not going to cheat against everyone, or they, they might be selective. They might be uh, more worried to cheat against some people. But that there are people cheating, they influence the results, um, and and this will lead to a tournament which, even if Magnus is the best player and he wins, and you might think, oh, well, the best player won, so what what could have gone wrong? Yeah. Still, maybe someone else would have been able to challenge him, yeah. to challenge Magnus in that tournament, but someone cheated against them, and then they weren't able to because they lost early on in the tournament, for example. I'm just saying that that these tournaments, the, the results become, I won't, won't say meaningless again, but they become less meaningful uh, if you have any cheating. And I do suspect that it is very significant in every Title Tuesday. There are going to be a lot of cheaters. Now, in terms of chess.com, I think they're very receptive to the problem. They understand the problem, um, even if we disagree on the amount. Uh, but but they are receptive to the problem. And um Hopefully, I mean, I, I can't solve the issue. Maybe they can. Yeah. I guess we'll see. It's a very nuanced discussion and you have to curate your message not to go into a completely different direction where everybody's just going to belittle what you're saying, right? Because it's a very important message. It's a very important message. Um, it's a very important discussion, but you just have to be careful and curate uh, the way you portray that. Now, directionally, I feel that chess.com is, is doing the right thing. And I think they're taking steps to try to catch these cheaters. And at some point, they're going, those measures will be increased. Uh, the penalties will be increased as well. I and hope so. I, we can't say for sure what will happen in the future, but I, I But we've been so. discussing this internally as well. And we know that the penalties at some point are going to get tougher. Yeah. They, which directionally. I think that that is, that is probably the, the best thing to do. I know it's very difficult. Because um, you understand, like we're not putting when we say Ben this person, Ben that person, we're not putting ourselves on the line. They actually have to put themselves on the line when right. they when they ban an account because that person can go public, they can, can sue, they can yeah. In the worst action. case, in the worst case, yes. take, I don't think that's possible anymore. I think there's a new clause terms of service. Yeah, in terms of service, I think that uh, it has to be arbitrated. Um, some legal stuff that I, I don't really understand, but it's probably um, it probably makes their life a bit easier to in, ca- in case something goes this direction, right? Becomes a public scandal, for example, like happened last year. Uh, becomes a huge mess for everyone involved. Yeah. Everyone's paying lawyers and uh, and takes a year out of their time to, to settle this whole thing. Um, uh, by the way, I, I say settle it in the general sense. I don't, <laughs> I don't mean the legal sense. I actually don't have no idea. We don't what, know what happened. I have yes. absolutely no idea what happened. I just meant like settle it as in... Uh, finish the process yes yes finish the process and the process yeah no again directionally i feel we're on the right track it's not going to be a snap of the fingers and all the cheaters are going to disappear it's going to take time it's going to take uh, penalties um, and changes in the way chess.com does things in the way enforcers in generally do things and i think directionally we're on the right track but i I think in, in general it's important that we focus on the problem and not on Hikaru, Let's not Hikaru get beating players who yes. are much weaker than him for fun. I mean, he's, do, he's, not even, he's doing this stuff just for the entertainment of his viewers. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, okay, I'll just like to say one small Hikaru story. Um, so uh, this was after a tournament in St. Louis. I think you were there, actually. It was at like the after party after the tournament was finished. I don't remember the tournament. Maybe it was US Championship. Maybe it wasn't. Um, 
I was I playing someone. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I was playing someone. I won't say who it was, but let's say twenty six hundred level player. Uh, so we're we're just kind of casually playing, and at some point we decide to play time odds. So I've played time odds with players, um, with grandmasters on on occasion, and um, I guess it's sort of like a party trick, right? So like you can play with three, one minute against three, and and depending on the level of your opponent, it's possible to to do well against them. Sometimes even even very well. There's some one grandmaster. I, I it's play. a party trick. So bullying twenty six hundred is is a party. Well, twenty six hundred is is a stretch. But there was one player, who, <laughs> who, a grandmaster, who uh, I was playing one minute against five minutes and absolutely destroyed, like for money, and uh, took <laughs> took a bunch of his money. Um, and but this player was let's say that player was a twenty four fifty. Let's say grandmaster. Okay. So this was a twenty six hundred level uh, grandmaster, strong player. I think I decided to play one minute as three minutes. He was like, there's absolutely no chance for you. I was like, no, well, let me Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Um, there wasn't any chance for me. I did get beaten pretty heavily. So this guy was also good at blitz. Uh, then Hikaru decides to take him on it, under the same conditions. And uh, I thought that he wouldn't be able to. It just seemed like the guy was too confident against me. He was playing too well, too relaxed, not getting nervous. Um, the match was very competitive with Hikaru. Mm. Hikaru was, uh, he wasn't beating him in the match, but it was very even. It was, I don't remember the final score, but they were playing, I think for money even. Uh, obviously it was very competitive. Hikaru is a competitive player, especially like I don't get competitive with, with these things so much, but he, he really does want to win these things, especially when it comes to, to blitz chess over the board in person. <laughs> I, we mentioned the, the Ray Robson that they were playing against. He was playing against Ray Robson with time odds. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like to me, it's just unbelievable to be able to do that <laughs> against against Ray, who's a very, very good blitz and bullet player. Uh, so I, I understand that he's able. these players who are weaker than him, he's able to um, play, even if they're very good, at an extremely high level. And he... I think more so than other players, he does thrive against weaker opposition. Mm. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's like a trickiness factor or something, but he's able to really get their number very often. So when it comes to like 23, 2400s uh, online, where he's even better, without time odds, I'm like, okay, this is not at all um, a crazy idea that he would he would absolutely wipe the floor with them. It's, it's not going to happen all the time. Um, but it can happen occasionally for sure. Yeah, it's not, not weird at all. I, I, that's that's really what I think. I, I thought about it. Um, I understand that people find it weird, but I just after thinking about it, I was like, yeah, this doesn't really seem weird at all for Hikaru. Yep. And there you have it. That's our response. That's our opinion. Um, make with that whatever you wish. Let us know what you think in the comments, and we'll see you in the next one.